Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use. They will be able to use it and make their lives better, God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's do our Bible confession, if you don't mind. Say this thing together. Starts off with, this is my Bible. And for, 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 for those who don't, don't know, this confession, it's, it's years old, and it came from months and months of a series we did about the Bible. Just to show you how good of a resource that Bible is to you as a believer. But let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, family, quick not, this is not as much as a, of a Smith story as it is a Smith comment. You know, there's things, we all got things going on in our life. Never think you're by yourself. And you are all aware, my mom's recovering from a mild heart attack, and she's getting, she's getting better. And prayerfully, she'll be here in weeks to come so we can actually see her in the flesh and we can celebrate the goodness of God that she, she did not get taken, so to speak, by that. But we all got things going on, and sometimes those things can make you feel a certain way emotionally. My wife said something this morning that just stuck out at me, so I'm just going to say it. She got up this morning, and she had something that she wanted to wear, but she changed it. She changed to something, call it dressier or something better, And then she came into me and she said, you don't have to look like you feel. And that thing hit me. Just because you said, you ain't got to look like you said. Just because they broke your heart, you don't have to give them the luxury of knowing that they broke your heart. Just because they didn't give you the job, you don't got to give them the luxury of knowing that you're hurt by that. Jesus said, when you fast, don't, don't be all dragging and looking weak and sorry and, and not keeping yourself up, walking around, you know, we say like with the white mouth, like you ain't never had no food before. He says, pick yourself up. Look like you're in good quality. God knows that you're fasting. Don't let other people look at you that way. Just because life punches you, do not give it the satisfaction of knowing that you're hurt. Just because you're sad, you ain't got to look sad. Because that person damaged you, you don't have to look damaged. Don't 
give it, the devil, life, others, the satisfaction. That's my Smith comment for today. Let's, let's, let's jump off, family. You know that we're talking about the re-engaged category of our goal. There it is in a nutshell. Hey, let's start re-engaging life without any fear. Let's get in there and get it done. We have been talking about this woman with the issue of blood or this woman with this issue for quite some time. Today, let's move past her and get to this daughter of this synagogue leader. Book of Matthew. To make the handoff, let's read this this way. Give me the next image, please. It's printed this way on purpose. There are certain things that we want you to read, certain things. It's in there, but we're not really going to point to it. We're going to summarize it. In general, from... Matthew 9, verses 18 through 26. We've been 18 through 22. It begins this way in the easy to read. While Jesus was still talking, a leader of the synagogue came to him. The leader bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died. But if you will come and touch her with your hand, she will live again. So Jesus and his followers went with the man on the way, there was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. We've been there. Ladies had the issue. She touched Jesus' robe. She got better. And we in verse 22, it says, then the woman was healed. Now let's transition. Jesus continued going with the Jewish leader and went into the leader's house. He saw people there who make music for funerals. And he saw a crowd of people crying loudly. Jesus said, go away. The girl is not dead. She's only sleeping. But the people laughed at him. After the people were out of the house, Jesus went into the girl's room. He held the girl's hand, and the girl stood up. The news about this spread all over the area. We read this out of Matthew because we've already said Matthew gives us the most condensed version of this. So we can put it all basically on one image. Even though Matthew just gives us the bare bones, though, you know we're going to come back and get more than the bare bones in a later session. But what we want to look at here, at the tail end of 25, those words, the girl stood up. That is going to be that's going to be our focus today. What we just read, that verse 25, this Matthew account is not the one that I would consider the one that people usually discuss, especially in preacher-teacher settings. They usually use one that will ring more familiar to the ear, and that's out of the book of Mark. Let's see the both of them. Once again, Matthew 9, 25, easy to read. After the people were out of the house, Jesus went into the girl's room. He held the girl's hand, and the girl stood up. Here is the Mark one in the King James that you're familiar with. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which being interpreted, Daniel, da damsel, I say unto thee, 
arise. <coughs> that word there, kumi, encapsulates the context of what we want to talk about today. When you look at this word, here's what I want you to see, or what I want you to know. Give me the next image. Kumi, or another variation, K-O-U-M, which by the letters we would pronounce kum, but somehow, <coughs> I don't know, they still have the pronunciation as kumi, even when it looks like that. So it's got some other symbols in it. When you look at it in like a lexicon or something like that. But to us, it's K-O-U-M. You would say kum, but that's, it's kumi. Kumi means arise. When we look at that word arise, loved ones, it's easy to see that the root of that word is that four-letter word. What is that word? Rise. What is that word? Rise. Rise. Yes, don't be shy. It's okay. To, it's, okay to, it's okay to talk back to me. Rise. Many people take arise and rise, and they use them as synonymous. They are both intransitive verbs, true, but the, the issue with it is that there are some subtle differences, and the difference is what drives us today because arise is what's important to us. What is the big deal, you might ask, about putting that prefix A in front of the word rise? Because Jesus tells her, damsel, I say unto you, arise, or Talitha Kumi. Next image. <coughs> the word rise by itself is defined by all the people that define stuff. They define it this way. To move from a lower place to a higher place. <coughs> when you think of rise, you can also think of to physically move in an upward direction. Hmm. Now we put that prefix, uh, in front of it. Let's understand what that prefix implies. It implies several things. The first one is up there just to be complete, but we're not using that one. But let's go through them. A, or also you could use an in certain places, we're just dealing with the A. The meaning is not or without. So the example being theism is the belief in a god or a deity. Atheism is not having that belief. Make sense? Symmetric is symmetry. Take a person, draw a line from head to toe. They got an ear on both sides, got an arm on both sides, got a leg and feet on both sides. They're symmetric. Right side looks like the left side. If you put an A in front of it, it's asymmetric. Arm on this side, none on this side. Leg on this side, none on this side. What are some of the other meanings for that letter? Well, to or towards, so a side or to the, to the side, a back to the back, a shore towards the shore, or in the process of or in a particular state. So a drift, a float, a kin, 
Your state is you're related to that person. Here's another set of meanings. It can be of, so anew. You were in a certain condition, now you are of something better. Or completely abashed. To bash something is to like, take a hammer and bash it, but to, if it's abashed, it's completely bashed up. This says to me that when you put a uh in front of rise, just going from these two categories, when I say arise, I'm saying move to or towards a higher place. When I say arise, I'm saying get in the process of moving in an upward direction. Move to a higher state. Start being of something new. Start being of something higher. Completely. Move completely in an upward direction. This is how we would take the prefix and connect it with rise to get arise. But you know, the dictionary has certain things that it defines as arise. Here it goes. If you look in the dictionary for arise, formally defined, you get this, to begin. But knowing what we know, it's not just to begin, to begin, it's to begin moving from a lower state to a higher state. To become into being, to start working, right? You're not working, get to work. Start living, you're not living, get to living. Wake up, you're not woke, get to work, get, get, get woke, that kind of thing. So to begin, to become into being, to start working, to start living, to start to wake up, to stand up, to happen as an effect of, mm, I like that one. When we look at that verse 25, and it happens in three books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Here is how those books use all the different definitions and the stuff we've talked about to express what Jesus told this little girl. Let's do it quickly. Matthew. Just focusing on Matthew 9, 25, the part that Jesus said at the end. Keeping a rise in your head, the King James Version, the maid arose. Okay, these versions are saying what happened, not what Jesus said. But maid arose, message Bible, pulled her to her feet alive. Amplify classic, the girl arose. The voice, she opened her eyes and stood up. Easy to read, the girl stood up. We've already read that one. Give me Mark. This is Mark chapter 5, verse 41. They have what Jesus said. Jesus said, Talitha kumi, which is, being, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. We've read that. Here's the next one with that alternate spelling. Talitha kumi, I'm going to say, say it the same way, which means little girl, get up. Amplified classic. Talitha kumi, 
which is which translated is little girl I say to you arise from the sleep of death the voice little girl it's time to wake up easy to read Talitha Kume this means little girl I tell you to stand up if you have any question as to where we're headed it's it's time for you to get up family it's time for you to get up from that state of death and come to life it's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to arise. What about Luke? King James Version, made arise. Message Bible, my dear child, get up. Amplified Classic, child, arise from the sleep of death. The voice child get up notice the emphasis added to some of these so it's a command not just a suggestion easy to read little girl stand up in all those books loved ones jesus didn't just tell this girl to rise rising is part of what she's doing but he's telling her to get up to a better state to get up from a lower position to a higher position to elevate herself from where she is right now, to stop allowing her condition to keep her flat on her back. He's telling her to arise. He's telling her, Kumi. I voiced all of that to get us to a hard fact. Are you ready for the cold hard fact? Mm. Let me show you. Here's a cold hard fact, cold hard facts, loved ones. In life, you can rise in position, but not arise from your problem. In life, you can rise in status, but not arise from your situation. The two are different. We want you to arise. God wants you to arise. You have to want to arise, not just rise. To drill this in a little more, I want you to reflect back with me really quick. And show of hands if I'm moving too quickly. I'm just kind of on a mission. Okay, good. Reflect back. You've been with me for so long, you know. I've talked a lot about the children of Israel leaving Egypt and Moses and all that stuff. So reflect back on that with me. Here you have a people who for nearly 400 years have been enslaved in Egypt. And God works through Moses, miracles and, and all of these wonderful acts to the point to where Pharaoh lets them go. You got to get up out of here. Look at this. This is the voice version of the Bible. Exodus 12, verses 31 through 34, and verses 50 through 51. This is after the last plague, so the death angel or the death of the firstborner. It depends on what movie you saw it in or what Bible you read it in. Basically, all the firstborn stuff died that were not protected by the blood. It's a whole nother message. 
Verse 31, Exodus 12, voice, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron before the night was over. Pharaoh said to them, get up and get out. Leave my people right now. You and all the rest of y'all rascals go. Go worship this God of yours, the eternal one, just like you said, that I wasn't letting you go, but go. This is, this, this is a sucker punch I can't take. Take your flocks and your herds as well with you, just as you said, and go, but bless me on your way out. The Egyptians frantically urged the people of Israel to hurry and leave their land. They implored them, if you do not leave soon, we will all be dead. So the Israelites hurried. They took their bread dough before any yeast had been added, packed up their kneading bowls, wrapped them in some of their clothing, and carried them on their shoulders. Verse 51, then all of the Israelites did exactly as the Eternal had instructed Moses and Aaron to do. That same day, he led the Israelites as, as they marched out of the land of Egypt like an army. Right here, family, God has elevated their status. At this point, God has taken them from slave to free. Their status is elevated. And God didn't stop there. Give me the next image. God even destroyed the Egyptian leadership. Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 through 28 in the voice. The large text is our focus. The tiny text, you got it at the top if you want to read it. Not really our thing. Starting in verse 21, Exodus 14, the voice. Moses then took his staff and reached out over the sea. So they're running from Pharaoh. The sea is in front of them. Oh, my God, we're going to get destroyed. No problem. God says, man, divide that sea. Moses took his staff and reached out over the sea. The eternal parted the sea with a strong east wind, which blew all night and turned the floor of the sea into dry ground before the divided waters. The Israelites broke camp and traveled on dry ground through the parted waters, and the sea stood like a solid wall on their right and on their left. The Egyptians were undaunted. They continued their pursuit. All of, the, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers followed the Israelites into the middle of the sea. Verse 28. After the Israelites were through, while the Pharaoh and his boys are still in the middle of the sea. It reads this way. The waters rushed and covered all the chariots and their drivers, swallowing up all of Pharaoh's army that had pursued Israel into the sea. Not one Egyptian survived. Loved ones, at this point, God has not only elevated their status, but he has eliminated the oppressors that were chasing them. He eliminated the leadership. Their status has been elevated. But do you know that they still complained? Look at this. Although God has risen them from where they were, they still complain. Verse 
They complained about not having any water. They complained about not having any food. They complained that the journey was hard, that it was long. You know how we do. We ain't there yet. Why is it taking so long? It's hot out this though. Uh, they complained. That they might not have said all that, but you know what I mean. They, they complained. They complained against God's chosen leadership. They had something to say about Moses. They even complained about God. About God. Look at this in the book of Numbers. Just to show you that. I always like to show you what I say. Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 5 in the voice. And the Israelites set out again. They left Mount Hor and traveled by way of the Red Sea, skirting Edom. But again, the difficult travel gave everyone a short temper. Verse 5, they challenged not just Moses. They challenged both. God and Moses. They said, what were you thinking to bring us up out of Egypt and let us die out here in this desert land? There is nothing to eat and no water either. We are sick and tired of living on what food we have. Elevated, but complaining. They are free, loved ones, but they're still shackled to their old life, to their old mindset, to their old way of thinking. They are free, but they're still shackled. This brings me or brings to mind a social proverb that we've all heard. They come in all different variations. But keeping in mind that these people have been elevated, but they still act like where they came from. Social proverb number one for your recollection. You can take the boy out the ghetto but you can't what? But you can't take the ghetto out the boy. You can take the girl out the projects, but you what? You can't take the projects out the girl. Got me one right here. You can, you can take the girl out the hood but you can't take the hood out the girl. Look, look, look. You can take the boy out the country, but you can't take the country out the boy. You can take the girl out the city, but you can't take the city out of the girl. Now, we all are aware that God can make a change. But the point of those Proverbs is not about God. The point of those Proverbs is this. You can look at a person, and the way they appear can be one way, but inside they can be of a totally different state. 
Said differently, you can look at somebody with the natural eye and they can have a certain appearance. But if you were to be able to see them on the inside, they would look completely different. Loved ones, what we're trying to get at here is there's a difference between rise and arise. Let me give you an example. If you would, someone is helping me bring in some materials. Bring those materials in with me, please. Thinking about this, family, I want you to notice something. I want to get this out here. Because we're going to get this all set up. Thank you, sir. Because there is a difference between rise and arise. Thank you. Before I get on that ladder, if there's a gentleman that can be my spotter when I get on the big ladder, just for safety reasons, I would appreciate it. And sir, thank you for double checking me and making sure I got that up. Right. I got some good intercessors in here, but I don't want nobody to have to pray for my broken bones. Thank you, sir. Loved ones, say this with me. Say, a person can have a certain outer appearance when in fact their inner state is different. Sadly, that inner state carries with it unseen baggage that anchors that person to their past. And that anchor keeps them bound to their situation, problem, or issue. Loved ones, many people get a life in Christ and they rise, but they fail to arise. I want to give you some practicality to that, to make a distinction. And I'm going to pull these examples straight out of the headlines. Nothing I'm making up. Now, of course, we don't know the minutiae, minute details. We just get the headlines. But we know enough to, to say, That's, that sounds like a crying shame. We know enough to, to get what I'm getting ready to say. So here we go. We have an all-male example. We have a young man. This young man grows up, and he has issues. He's got baggage. And let's call his baggage, he is a womanizer. But guess what? He gets in Little League, and he is very good at sports. He plays football. He gets to high school. He's really good at football. And because he's good at football, he gets a rise in his status. 
he's, 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 the, he's the guy people look at. On the outside, he's got it all. He's, he's, he's Mr. Wonderful. But he has not yet arisen from his issue. So even though he's risen, he still carries with him his baggage. Never been dealt with. But guess what? High school goes good. He makes it to college. Whoa, his status really gets elevated now. But guess what? He hasn't arisen from his problem. He still has his problem. He's getting endorsements. Goes through his college career, wins the trophy, getting ready to get that big contract. Oh, man, he gets drafted. Whoo! Hundreds of millions of dollars. T-shirts hanging in the stove. Name on the back. Starting to be all on YouTube and people listening to him. But he's risen in status, but he hasn't risen from his issue. Because you can rise in status, but not arise from your problem. Another example. Let's bring this example closer to home. Thank you, sir. You have a gentleman who starts a church. Just got a few people in it, but he's got a problem. He is a womanizer. He touches people that don't want to be touched. He touches people that shouldn't be touched. But he's this is a small church right now. Ten people, fifty people, maybe on a good day. Ah, but he picks up momentum. Man, the church grows to about few thousand. He gets elevated in status. He begins to, you know, get his stuff streamed a little bit. Newspaper, start writing about him a little bit. People wanting to come do speaking engagements. His status is up. But he hasn't arisen from his issue. Mm. He gets really big time. Now we're talking about tens of thousands of members. You ain't in a church no more. You ain't in something they have to call a, a stadium or a dome or something big. You got a complex. You got a campus. You feel me? Man, now over a million viewers, when he streams, he's going global. He's got campuses all over the world. He's risen in status, but still got his issue. Loved ones, you can rise in status, but not arise from your issue. So where do we fit in here? We all come to Jesus as we are. And when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
you get a rise in status. But if you do not allow Jesus to come in and change your heart and change your mind, if you don't offer your life to him as a willing sacrifice, you can rise in status but not arise from your issue. If you don't allow him to break you free from the hurt, break you free from the pain, to separate you from your history, to show you something better, you will, as a believer, rise in status, but not arise from your problem. Oh, you'll get a better job because you know God wants you to prosper. You'll, 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 you'll get a family. You'll, you'll, you'll get things, but you will carry with you your issue. You won't just get a job. You'll start a business. And that business could be very successful. You might even, you know, get a lot of hits on your page. You might even, guess what? Become an artist of some sort. Make an album. Get, get Grammy nominated. But you still have not arrived, arrived, arisen from your issue. Loved ones, God's command is for us to kumi, not just rise, but arise. The items that are anchoring you only continue to anchor you until you make the decision that you're going to change. You make the decision that you're going to let God in for real. You make the decision that your past is no longer going to be your anchoring factor. You make the decision that what or whoever hurts you is not going to define you. You don't want to raise in status but not arise from your issue. Here is the statement I am to make to you. Kumi. All of this in this session was to say that. I say to you, Kumi. If you go back and you look, can you give me back the prefix one. One more beyond that. Family, knowing what arise means, it's time for you to move completely in an upward direction, not partially. Not to be saved, sanctified, and still hoish. Not to be saved, sanctified, still a wife beater. 
Not to be saved, sanctified, and still a schemer. All of those things you brought into your saved life. And for some reason, we think a rise in status has eliminated those things that still anchor us to our past. That's not the case. You have to purposefully become a disciple enough to allow God to free you from those things. You have to begin to move to a higher place. You have to begin to move towards a higher place. You have to get in the process of moving in an upward direction. You have to get into the condition of going into a better, a higher. You see this definition arise? It says move from a lower place to a higher place. And that part that says in a particular state, the state you were in when you first met Christ should not be the state you remain in after you meet Christ. Why, why do we say you can, take the, you can take the boy out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of the boy? We're not saying that people from the ghetto or the hood or the projects or the city or the country, that they're bad people. We're not saying that they're, they're somehow wickedly different than us. What we're saying is a person is structured, developed, molded by where they came from. And simply changing physical positions does not change who they are on the inside. So just because you say Jesus come into my heart does not mean you stop your cheating and you're stealing and you're lying. All the things that aren't conducive to displaying the status that you look like you have on the outside. We have to begin to be of something higher. Not just talk about being of something higher. Not just say I'm a Christian, but start to be of Christ. And we have to do it completely. The examples that we went through, that's a rise, but it's an incomplete rise. Because your character should rise with your status. Your, your character, if, if you have a sparkling status, the ideal scenario is that your character matches. But we know a lot of people that don't, don't match their character. Be it CEO, president, CEO, uh, uh, pastor, a teacher. I don't know about you, but I've had, even when my kids were coming up, a lot of teacher who had the status of leader, but their character and what they said to my children in particular showed me that they had issues. And, they were, and when you have an issue you will tend to take it out on people who care for you the most. I 
I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about how somebody lashed out at another person verbally. And we both agreed that the lashing out had nothing to do with the other person. They were lashing out out of pain. They were lashing out of anger. They were lashing out out of their own baggage. Family, it's time for us to arise. Arise. Say this with me. I shall arise. I shall not simply rise. I will rise above those things that want to hold me back. Jesus says, Kumi, and I take that as a command. I love you so much. That was a lot to get to that point. But my prayer is the scriptures, the examples, and the visuals help get us to the point to where it locks in what we want to do. We're talking about re-engage. You can't re-engage life with no baggage. You can't re-engage life wallowing in history. You can't re-engage life letting somebody else define you. One of the worst things is to have somebody get, quote unquote, everything and be miserable. All the material things they want, crying because they, they're, they're empty on the inside. That's not going to be our reality. We are going to both rise and arise completely. Completely. We will pick up there next time. Family, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for loving us enough to point us in the right direction. The Bible says that we are to offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. God, that's what we're going to do. That means we will put ourselves in the position to not just embrace the scriptures that tell us that daily you load us with benefits, but we will also embrace the scriptures that say who you love, you jerk dislike out of. As a willing sacrifice, that means simply you are the potter, we are the clay. We take your blessings and your discipline. Because we know you are making something out of us. 
making us something better. Taking us to a higher place. You do not want us to have a life where we elevate in status, but while we're elevated, we're still surrounded by our situations, problems, or issues. God, that's weight. No, that's not the way you called us to live. But that's the way some of us are living. Our confession, though, is after today, those who may be living that way make the decision, not another day. They will allow you in for real. They will allow you to begin to make those adjustments for real. They will begin to do their part for real to move to a higher place, to move in an upward direction, to leave behind those things that would otherwise anchor them to their past or just anchor them to the ground. We thank you, Lord, for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.